Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Human Centered. I'm Nick Brunker, a group director of experience strategy at VML YNR and your host for the show. Thanks for taking a listen. We've talked a lot on previous episodes about how over the years we've progressed from the awareness era to the engagement era to the experience era, which is where we are now, where modern consumers choose brands that offer better experiences versus just the product itself. In short, the experience has become the brand. So how does that affect what and how to design? Our guest today will dive into that and more. It's my pleasure to welcome in the VML YNR Chief Experience Design Officer, Eric Looney. Looney, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Nick. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Long time listener, first time caller. Is that what I'm supposed to <laughs> yeah. say? Or, yeah. uh, if, yeah. you, if you've actually listened for a long time, which I wouldn't fault you if you had. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. That's good. No, thanks for having me. It's, uh, I know it's been a while to get on, but um, glad to be here. Yeah, it's exciting to, to jump in with you on this stuff. A lot to get into in the next 30 minutes or so. For those that uh, haven't met you yet, share a bit about you and your background? Uh, yeah, so uh, you know, oversee experience design um, uh, inside of VML YNR. I've uh, done that for about uh, uh, almost 16 years now, so that's uh, that's cool. And uh, now share with a uh, partner that uh, excited to kind of welcome into the fold and uh, work with. Um, but uh, over the years, I've cut my teeth on flash banners and building websites and doing apps, and we've kind of just gone on this trajectory of this path of um, really kind of connecting broader experience overall. And, I, and that's kind of where my uh, my background's at um, in terms of digital marketing and design and experience. And also, though, spent a bit of time uh, in architecture world uh, doing signage and wayfinding. And um, that, that's always been something I think that's kind of led to this experience thing too. Like how do you experience physical space? How do you experience uh, navigation through physical space? And a lot of that's led to a lot of what I do in terms of experience design as a whole and, 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 and a broader set of uh, context. So when we think about that overall premise of the experience as the brand, I know it's something that you've spent a lot of time talking about, especially of late around here. How, how do you wrap your head around that and, and kind of explain it to somebody who's, who's just hearing that that statement or that type of a, a thought for the first time yeah brands brands you know you know so many different things like visual and logos and 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 how they're reflected in, in tv and and uh but really it's just come down to like every touch point you have with a brand be it uh you know opening a box using the product um seeing something on tv or you know recognizing some sort of advertisement or, or uh, something else in the space, like every one of those touch points is, is, is an experience with that brand. And so it's, it's become more uh, interesting for us to think about all those touch points, adding up to your collective experience with that brand and how you feel about that brand um, versus just brand coming at you one way all the time. It's really kind of a collective set of touch points that kind of equate to your overall feeling. Uh, and that's kind of where we looked at it. it. It really leans into not just the product, but the ecosystem of that particular product or the brand itself. Uh, and again, all those touch points uh, that, that you have and how you feel across all those touch points. And then overall, that's, that's your experience. And so the experience that you have is the brand like that, the brand is putting forth all those things. And, uh, and it's our job as uh, designers to kind of really kind of map that out and bring that to life. So in thinking about all the different brands you've either touched, worked on, or just experienced in your life, what does that feel like? Give us some examples of seeing yeah, the yeah. ecosystem uh, come to life. Uh, you know, I think of uh, maybe a couple examples I like to use. Um, one, maybe more obvious, um, is, uh, is Sonos. And, and, you know, I bought some Sonos speakers, and um, they're great. But, you know, there's lots of great speakers and in fact is sonos the best quality speaker i mean some might say yes might say no but um 
you know, I think that the the notion there is like when you set it when you open it up and you set it up and the way like you connect to the system, like that experience is flawless. Um, and, uh, and, and it's, you know, it's almost like magical in that sense and things just start to work and happen. Um, and so the way you've experienced the brand through the setup, the way, you know, and it really goes back to their site, the ordering, all those things as well. Um, but really that kind of moment of setup is, is something that's magical and it's kind of a way that you experience Sonos in a, in a way that uh, is different, um, than just kind of the normal kind of brands. Another one is it's a restaurant in, in London that I like to go to when I'm there and it's Deshoom and. You know, you can wait an hour and a half in line, um, but they make it feel like 15 minutes the way they, you know, navigate the, the the serving you chai in line. If it's raining, they'll give you umbrellas. You get to the first kind of stage of uh, um, the welcoming you in. You kind of go down down to the bar and you order drinks and snacks and then you're up to the, your um, your uh, overall uh, place where you eat. And it, you know, their food and their their kind of, you know, staff service is already great, but the way they navigate the experience around all these other touch points, knowing that your the lines are going to be there is pretty remarkable. And that it makes you want to go back and you don't mind it because the way you're experiencing the brand uh, is, a, is a positive, uh, positive uh, uh, way. Generationally, I think it's interesting to look at the data that comes out of it and listening to, to Gen Zers and millennials. Uh, of which I'm a millennial, as we we think about the brands that we have patronized and um, brought into our lives and continue to give money to uh, time and time and time again, the data is pretty staggering. And you talk about Gen Z, let's just talk about teens for a minute. They, they're preferring to spend money on experiences. Like 57% of them say that's more important, the experience than the tangible item. And from a, somebody who is and you've already hit on some of the the examples, but somebody who is actually in a place of thinking through the experience, the design of that experience, the design of the ecosystem, what is that shift where tangible items no longer have that inherent value as much as an experience? What does that mean for a CX leader that is now trying to design for what will be the largest spending spending audience, uh, spending generation uh, in the world? You know, I think we've got to make it worth their while. I mean, you know, the experiences that we're designing um, need to, um, you know, either be magical, they need to be serendipitous. They need to be, um, you need to help me be better, um, you know, create more relationship. Right. Um, and, or just simply have great memories. You know, it's, it's not just one thing to have a, a really strong industrial design or a product that performs re- really well in its space. Um, it's the, it's the ecosystem around it, and and people are attaching themselves to brands because of those experiences. If you don't have a great experience around the product, people are are you know they'll pay more for the experience around the product, even if the product is like on par with something else. Like, but you'll go to places that make you feel better, that add value to your life, and I think that's what you know millennials are showing us. They're, they they. They want those experiences rather than material things. They want to have the live ticket. They want to have the great experience kind of um, at, a, at, a, at a venue, if you will. And so um, it's not just about um, physical things anymore. And it's about experiential things as a whole. One of the examples that you've talked about a lot is around this idea of a competitive set and how 
somebody, you know, Gen Z or otherwise, uh, is evaluating you as as a brand and the services and products that you provide. And and I'd love for you to kind of explain uh, just the example of of an airline versus another airline and, and unpack for us yeah, a little yeah. bit the idea that it, if you're trying to think about and design experiences for your brand, you may not always just be focused on your other competitive set because the, the customer isn't comparing yeah. you to just the people in the same industry. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think the, you know, consumer, especially millennial and Gen Z, you know, they're always on device. They're always doing, um, they're always on something. Um, and they're comparing brands and products and services um, directly with each other as they're surfing and navigating between these different kind of things that they're using on their phone or web or even on you know TV or whatever. Um, so they're immediately comparing different things. Uh, and when we've done a lot of research um, through the work we've done with different companies, um, you know, we often say that you know you're you're not just competing with your direct competitors; you're competing with other things. The example you know you talk about the airline and the one I use is um, Delta. Yes, Delta competes directly with a Southwest or an American Airlines, but um, they they also compete with uh, Netflix. They compete with Netflix in the those screens, the back of seats. You know, if that UI UX doesn't work, if that content or programming isn't good, people are going to say they're going to notice, like because they're so used to Netflix working for them on their phone or at home on on their uh, streaming device. Uh, and so, like, that's a direct one. They're going to compete with, uh, you know, the, let's just take the Wi-Fi on flights. Like, if it doesn't work, you're competing with, like, a, a Google Nest at that point. Like, Google Nest, it works. It's beautiful and, and well-designed. Um, and it creates the experiences you need in your home. If that doesn't work on the airline, like, you're, you know, it's already amazing that we're going to have Wi-Fi on an airplane. <laughs> but when it doesn't work, you know, it's a, it's a, it's it's kind of a challenge. And, I, and even down to, like, um, I like to say they compete against the Marriott in the sense of, like, you know the the welcoming aspect of uh, the Delta lounges or the at the gate or the the way you're served on the plane. Like those are very kind of service models um, that uh, you know like great hotels use. And so I think you know brands need to think about not just their direct competitors in their space, but what are the other kind of areas that their consumers um, are going and and what are the brands they're engaging with, and they need to make sure that they're looking at um, looking at that across uh, across category. It's super interesting, and what a great and exciting time to be in the space. Our industry, overarchingly, has a lot of alphabet soup: CX, XD, yeah. UX, UI. Yeah, give yeah. us a Cliff Notes version of what the human-centered experience design process is, and what it looks like to be an XD at, at VML YNR. Uh, yeah, that's a. I don't know if that's a short answer. It, <laughs> it is kind of messy, um, but it is. Um, there's a lot of CX, XD, UX, UI. So look, experience design, we looked at, um, um, you just kind of break it down. We're like, look, there's a spectrum in terms of the type of capability uh, that we need experience designer to do. For me, experience design is the, is the kind of the, the, the parent, um, if you will, and the child uh, inside of that, the parent-child relationship, like there's the UI and the UX and the copy. And we look at how people who can do, um, you know, um, be very visually creative um, or user interface driven. Um, that's one aspect we look at from a behavioral standpoint or user experience uh, driven. Um, and then from a story or a copy standpoint. Um, and we look to have people on our teams that are um, T-shaped in that sense. You know, they go deep on, if they go deep on visual UI, they're going to know about behavioral UX or kind of story copy. 
Uh, even our copywriters, if they go deep on copy, they understand good look and feel or interaction. They understand the behavioral aspect of, um, of the um, uh, user experience overall. Um, and, and honestly, we have copywriters that are sometimes our best um, design thinkers because they can kind of extrapolate and be more abstract in, in, in terms of what they're doing. So um, we look at the spectrum. We partner those teams together. We, we pair them with um, great folks in our experience strategy uh, team, you know, uh, somebody like yourself, um, and, uh, and uh, along with our technology as well. And, and so it's the relationship and the partnership between those capabilities that we feel like kind of come together and bring forth great work. And we want to make those kind of smaller kind of core teams to kind of do that um, in, a, in, a, in a way that's, um, I think, uh, fresh and exciting um, and not kind of stagnant and stale. Uh, obviously, everybody, everybody would want to say that, but I think we're always trying to look at, like, how can we make that fresh so the ideas are fresh um, and the conversations uh, fresh inside of that. You said something earlier that sparked something in me, which was designing better futures and the idea of of thinking about what somebody's future looks like and how could we improve upon that. And I'd love for you to take us a level deeper. What, what does that mean in practice? And what should we be yeah. thinking about when trying to accomplish that? Um, yeah, we actually, actually uh, we like to use imagining better futures. Um, um, and because imagination is our best, most powerful creative tool, it's something we believe um, on our end. And, and, and if, we're, if we can't imagine, you know, then, you know, we're going to be kind of stuck with the same stuff we have all the time. Um, but better futures, um, better kind of uh, leans into this kind of incremental way of looking. I'm I'm kind of an incrementalist as myself. Like, you know, I, you can shoot for the moon and always strive, and some people do that and do that well. But um, I'm kind of a let's continue to build and build and build and build on top of uh, what we're doing to make it better, 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 better. And if you do better enough, you're going to get the amazing or awesome. Um, and a lot of times in a product land, that's what you do. You launch an MVP and then you kind of keep building onto it over time. Um, and futures, futures, um, so many different things. Futures, uh, literally like one minute from now features, you know, five minutes from now it's five weeks, five months, five years. Like there's lots of future mm -hmm. future is next best action. Right. And how like we design things for the, somebody's next, next best action. Uh, we also think about futures in terms of our employee experience and how are we creating, um, you know, futures for our team members, our, our, our associates that are on, on board with us. And um, and so there's a lot of different futures in there. But if we can imagine better futures, if we use imagination and incrementally make things better and better and better and look at like whatever that might be from a future standpoint, it allows us to kind of go beyond um, where we're at today and hopefully get us out of the sea of sickness. You led me exactly to the point I was going to take take us, which is in a world where technology is changing, which we'll get into in a minute, uh, everybody has uh, similar uh, attack points depending on what industry you're in. Like, it's very easy to get stuck in that that sea of sameness. How, how do you actually combat that uh, at a tactical level? Seep sameness for me is it kind of starts with the fact when like early in our career we like really looked at pushing web and app and everything kind of to the limits. But then I think we've just optimized ourselves, you know, through the training of uh, Google and Apple and Android Higgs and all these things to kind of get to like there's like the best place to put you know a search bar is here. The best mm -hmm. place to put this button is here, and we've kind of just started to kind of homogenize the. The, the the experiences overall and they're just kind of all kind of the same and even though the technology has gotten better and better and better um and so i think when when 
what we're trying to do is look at combining the, like I talked about the type of talent, the type of teams that we build and looking at imagining better futures. Like how do we do that um, in, inside some of those digital experiences? But even bigger than that, how are we kind of looking at um, rethinking, um, you know, how you interact with your vehicle, um, how you look at your shopping experience, how you look at um, just interacting, you know, take from the airline standpoint, like what that's like to purchase and get through the airport. Like anything that we kind of go through is like we're, we want to push against the norms uh, and get us out of the sea of sameness because those are going to be those experiences that people um, really kind of talk about, reflect on, uh, and keep them coming back uh, to those brands. I had a good conversation uh, an episode or two ago with uh, with Ben Gahab and Martin Cody. They were down at, in Nashville for a Forrester CX conference, and there was an interesting topic that came up, uh, and Ben referenced it as digital fluidity and the ability for yeah. customers to move um, in and out more seamlessly uh, from digital physical spaces. As a designer, and you mentioned your architectural background, I got to think that this is a, a great time to be alive, at least in, in your expertise area, because you're you're no longer kind of forced to think about just how is the digital experience come together? Yes, that's part of the job. But now, especially lately coming out of the pandemic where, you know, foot traffic's increasing again, you're opening up your aperture a lot more, aren't you? To, to not just the digital space, but how the digital and the physical connect. Yeah, you have to. And, and the digital, you know, it used to be the digital just kind of sat wherever it was. And now it transcends and moves with you and it's constantly with you. And we're getting to this kind of place of, um, uh, you know, where, you know, wherever I'm at is where I need to do what I'm going to do. And so like whatever I'm going to use and the, the digital aspect of that is going to transcend across all these physical touch points. And yet in order to enhance those places that you're at, and especially if you think about brands and, and how you can kind of bring to life that experience more like we need to connect into those those digital kind of touch points to kind of uh, make more magic happen if you will to imagine more possible um at that point and uh, i think that's going to be really compelling uh, so it is very fluid it bends you know been well he's great and and it's a true point that the fluidity of it is uh, going to be critical and that's a big challenge because it, it makes from a designer standpoint the problems we need to solve a lot far more complex Right, because now you're not just in these kind of singular moments, but you're connecting across a broader, uh, broader set of touch points, um, both physical and digital, and uh, all that has to kind of come into play to kind of really, truly bring a great customer experience and, and great experience design overall. So, a bit of a wild card as we think through uh, that point about XD. You've touched a lot of brands. You've done a lot of things uh, in your career. Thinking back to some of the. The, the more exciting and interesting work that you've been on. I know you can't really uh, narrow it down to one, but if there's anything that made you really excited and, and just groundbreaking of late that's that you can talk about publicly, of course. I don't know if there's anything that rises to the top of your head, but uh, this has been an interesting handful of years. I'd love to hear hear kind of what's on the top of your mind. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, uh, you know, what that comes to mind, I mean, I talk loosely around it, but just uh, being a part of the, uh, the Maki launch uh, for Ford was uh, really cool because we were working while they were while they were building and designing, finishing the design of the vehicle. We were working on designing experiences outside of the vehicle, and that kind of connectivity between physical and digital was there. Um, and that notion of um, you know how do you uh, how do you uh, bring together um, you know the, the the owner and the vehicle 
um, you know, how do you bring them together when they're when the car is even still being built and, and or, you know, you purchase it online and and um, and you're waiting for it. Like, you know, how do you start to kind of like, you know, set up your profile and, and start to get connected? And we did a lot of interesting things there that I think are compelling and, and continuing to kind of uh, grow. And that 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 was pretty exciting. Probably, a, a, you know, can't go too deep on it. But like, oh, sure, but yeah, sure. that was one that. Yeah, that feels yeah, that feels to kind of uh, be really exciting as a, as a whole. Well, and it's a great example too because I think uh, among the automotive industry and other industries, technology has continued to just hockey stick up into the right. When we talk about the number yeah. of connected devices, IoT, you know, talking about digital fluidity and how does that work? Like, I think we're we're within yeah. in the next two years going to be around forty billion connected devices, and that number is going to just continue to go up. That's definitely more its law of work. How how does that impact the design and innovation process? Uh, because obviously, it, it's not a, a short process. You want to be agile, you want to be nimble, but things are happening so fast. What can you share with leaders on how to keep up with that that pace of change? Yeah, we've got to. Um, I mean, obviously, you got to pay attention to it. You got to see where it's try to see where it's going. It's hard to see around the corner on that. Um, I think for me, looking at the behavioral side of like where consumers are shifting and going is going to be a big part of that. Like how they're using all of this IoT and how they're kind of. Uh, connecting all these different uh, pieces together um, because we've got to anticipate behavioral needs and user needs that uh, that that uh, we need to solve. There's going to be a lot of pain points inside of that. Uh, I think you know there's with matter coming along. That's going to be an interesting way to kind of merge a lot of the IoT into kind of a single kind of a um, system where it'll, in theory, hopefully all connect. Because from an IoT standpoint, as cool as it is, like it's been a bunch of disparate brands doing disparate things that aren't connected to each other. <laughs> Uh, so hopefully, hopefully that'll change. Um, but I think, you know, it's leaning in on what those touch points are, but also I think what's, what's magical about it is like, we're coming to a place where you can start to kind of bring different things together and start to kind of actually like, Hey, this is cool over here. This is cool over here. What if we brought them together and it might kind of give you this new thing. And I think that's going to be start to start to be compelling in terms of like thinking about design. Um, I also think, you know, our, our, our tools are going to start to be changing as we get into it. I mean, it's not just the IOT realm, but it, like the way devices are merging, the way, um, you know, the physicality, physical and digital that we talked about, I think, um, you know, the way we, our tools that we, that we have as designers are going to kind of probably um, influx as well and, and, and into new things. Um, we're going to go beyond the sketch and the figmas and even get into Unreal Engine and, and things like that as designers. What do you make of the idea that we're going to be in a world with, out screens as we know them. As a designer, that's gotta like rack your brain a little bit because as much as things yeah, have changed yeah. and, and the sizes have changed and the dimensions yeah. and how we design, obviously from you know desktop to mobile, et cetera, like do you do you wrap your head around that that concept at this point? Because it doesn't seem like it's that far away, but at the same time, it's also it seems so um just Orwellian, I guess that's the right word. Like is there really a point where we're not gonna have screens? And then at that point what does design look like? Do you ever stop and think about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. No, I do. I do think about it quite a bit. Um, you know, I've got a, I've got an iPhone 13, right? And 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 right now my Apple Watch that I wear is like is like a Gen One or Gen Two iPhone. At some point, your Apple Watch is going to be as powerful as your iPhone 13 if we just keep going with that kind of hockey stick example. And if if that's the case, then at some point the watch is going to power my AirPods, which they already kind of they do anyway. But then also um, like any sort of AR glasses. So, you know, there's rumors about Apple's 
AR glasses and right and, and so is Facebook and so is Google and like they're all getting to that and at some point we'll have truly good glasses that actually kind of do MR, XR, AR, whatever you want to call it. Um, and and I think that's really interesting because it's at that point you don't need a phone anymore. You don't need to carry around this brick in your pocket. <laughs> it's like all going to happen before you. And then, you know, smart clothing is there where, you know, you're going to have your jacket or shirt or whatever is going to be connected to that, um, kind of doing more from a biometric standpoint. Um, and also, also, yeah, like it's all it's all kind of getting to a point where we won't have this, the typical screens um, that we're that we're used to. So then, like, why, do you have a TV or do you just watch TV on your on your glasses? Mm-hmm. Like, do you do you you know in the car if you're driving around and you're probably not driving at this point because it's an autonomous vehicle? But then, like, are your glasses augmenting what's happening outside, or is the is the window in the vehicle augment, you know, putting up advertisements or showing like from a map standpoint where you're at, you wouldn't even have like dashboards at that point anymore necessarily. Like, why would you? So I think it's really compelling to think about that. And it goes back to my tools example. Like that's where tools are changing. Like, you know, that doesn't, that's not going to just be like a straight, like kind of uh, component level design uh, inside of sketch or Figma. It's going to be something that you're going to have to use different tools and things like we've already seen, Lots of companies dive into Unreal and Unity and and um, kind of do different things that are that are starting to kind of push where we're at and the des- way we design that kind of overall like what you're seeing from an AR um, uh, standpoint is going to be really kind of interesting. So I do think about it. I think it, we're kind of at some point the, it's going to be one of those moments when we something comes out new that we're going to hit and we're going to it's going to it's going to shift and our our phones and iPads and things are just going to start to go to where the uh, the old rotary phone used to be so well the bookend to it is if the experience is the brand then it's not necessarily about the the product in which the customer is engaging with something even if it's technology it's the experience yeah. that we can build around whatever the customer needs are and i think that that goes back to our our title of the episode and the uh, the podcast of being human centered it it is yeah it is an interesting time to be alive no doubt and you had a quote in one of your recent presentations that i loved uh, and i if you want to expound upon it you can i just thought it was an interesting way to kind of uh, to close the segment which is the future is already here it's just not evenly distributed yet and that is from william gibson uh, i thought that was yeah, yeah. fascinating if, do you have any more builds or thoughts on that cuz i i found that to be super I mean, profound yeah i think um yeah I'll just go back to the example we already have an apple watch got airpods We've got a version of the AR glasses, right? Um, we do have smart clothing. Those all exist, but they're not they're not distributed enough at a scale for everybody to use, and they're not quite connected as they should be. So, like, like to me, it's 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 there, and like all these kind of bits of the future kind of exist and are around us as designers. Innovation lies in connecting those things mm-hmm. as we move forward and finding out what is possible. Um, inside of that. So I think to me, it's, 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 it's a reminder to look around, look at the, look at the technology and the things that are the future that exists before us and uh, start to connect those dots. Cause uh, it's already here and it'll always be there. It's just going to be pockets that you got to hunt, hunt it down and find it. So cool. So cool. Really appreciate the conversation before we wrap up. Uh, I know you are a well-traveled individual. You have been uh, around the world for all kinds of things, business, pleasure, family, etc. But uh, you've obviously, 
been able to spend a lot of time in Japan. Talk about that, your family, and some of your special skills. Oh yeah, developed. yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. We we love Japan. It's a beautiful place. Our our boys are uh, Japanese descent, and um, and I'm I'm fluent, Nick. I'm fluent in Japanese. I, I, not many people know that. Um, now I'm, I'm only fluent at like maybe a one-year-old level. Um, so I can pretty much, you know, you know, get around, but, uh, um, but that, that I am fluent. I like to say I'm fluent. That's, that's not, uh, that's not totally true, but, um, Would your kids yeah, we do, we do say the same? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Mindy, Mindy's actually the one that, uh, uh, is, is actually uh, fluent, um, or I would say she's fluent, but, um, but yeah, we, we love, you know, we love traveling, we love Japan. Uh, that's a, a special part of our, uh, our our family story, and uh, um, if you've never been, uh, it's a beautiful place. It's um, it's uh, just great, great place to experience both this beautiful history and tradition, and this like crazy modern way that I've never experienced before. So. That's amazing. Well, I appreciate it again, just uh, having a chance to catch up with you. It's been great. It's been too long since we've had a chance to get you on the show, and uh, I, I really appreciate all yeah. the insight. I know a, a lot of folks that are listening will, will really enjoy it, and uh, we will have to have you on again. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks, Nick. It's been been a true pleasure. And thanks to you all for listening to Human Centered as well. To learn more about our CX practice and our approach to the work, check us out online at vmlyr.com slash CX. We'd also love to hear your feedback on the show. Give us a rating and offer up your thoughts wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, and more. Have a topic idea or just want to drop us a line? You can connect with me on Twitter at Nick Brunker or shoot us an email. The address is humancentered at vmlyr.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.